This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. September 5th, 1975. Gerald Ford is in Sacramento, about to become the first president to ever address a joint session of the California legislature. He's walking across Capitol Park from the Senator Hotel, shaking hands with people who'd lined the walkway. A woman in a long red dress and a red headscarf pulls a .45 caliber pistol out of her purse, points it at the president from two feet away, and pulls the trigger. Nothing happens. She's tackled immediately by a Secret Service agent. Pinned to the ground, she shouts, Don't get excited! It didn't go off! It didn't go off! Her name is Lynette Fromm. Squeaky Fromm. She's a 26-year-old follower of Charles Manson. She got the name Squeaky from George Spahn, who owned the Spahn Ranch, where the Manson family lived in the 60s. She'd squeak when he tried to pinch her thigh. She was one of the young women who hung around Manson's murder trial in 1970, She carved an X in her forehead when Manson did the same. She had moved to Sacramento to be closer to Manson, who was at Folsom Prison at the time. She said that long red dress was a robe. She was a nun in Manson's religion. Squeaky Fromm was convicted of trying to assassinate the president. She became the first person convicted and the first to get a life sentence under a law that had been passed after the killing of John F. Kennedy. She was the only woman who had ever tried to assassinate an American president. She'd hold that distinction for less than three weeks. On September 22nd, Ford was in San Francisco at the St. Francis Hotel. Sarah Jane Moore was in a crowd outside with a 38 caliber pistol she'd bought that morning. Moore had turned to revolutionary politics when she became fascinated by Patty Hearst, the newspaper heiress who was kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army in 1974. She'd worked as a bookkeeper for people in need. That was the food distribution for the poor that Randolph Hearst had started as a sort of a ransom for his daughter. On September 21st, Moore had been stopped by police who confiscated her pistol. That's why she'd hastily bought a new one on the morning of the 22nd. Unlike Squeaky Fromm, Sarah Jane Moore got a shot off, but the sight on her new gun was faulty. When the president emerged from the hotel, she fired and missed. As Ford was again hustled away by the Secret Service, she raised her arm to fire again, but a man named Oliver Sippel lunged at her and grabbed her arm. The gun fired, injuring a bystander. Sippel was a hero, but he was a reluctant one. He was a former Marine, and he was gay. He begged reporters not to write about his sexuality. Even though he was active in the San Francisco gay community and he had worked on his friend Harvey Milk's political campaigns, Sippel's family in Michigan didn't know he was gay. Harvey Milk wanted the world to know. He saw it as a chance for people to see a gay man as strong and brave rather than the stereotypes of the time. 
what Milk called all that caca about molesting children and hanging out in bathrooms. Milk told Chronicle columnist Herb Cain about Sippel, and Cain mentioned his sexuality in several columns. They both speculated that because Sippel was gay, he got a simple thank-you note from Ford, rather than an invitation to the White House. Ford later denied that, saying he didn't know about Sippel's sexuality until years later. Oliver Sippel's life spun out of control. He became estranged from his family, drank heavily, and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. He sued the Chronicle, Herb Cain, and others for invasion of privacy. An appeals court ruled in 1984 that because he'd become a public figure by saving the president's life, his sexual orientation was news. Oliver Sippel died in 1989 at the age of 47. In 2011, San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee declared September 22nd Oliver W. Sippel Day. Squeaky Fromm and Sarah Jane Moore both escaped from prison. The same one as it happened. Alderson Federal Prison Camp in West Virginia. Moore did it in 1979, Fromm in 1987. They were both recaptured quickly. Moore was paroled in 2007, Fromm in 2009. On the day Squeaky Fromm tried to shoot President Ford in Sacramento, the House Agriculture Committee was meeting on Capitol Hill. The chairman, Democrat Thomas Foley of Washington, interrupted the session to relay the news of the assassination attempt. Representative James P. Johnson, a Republican from Colorado, got a laugh out of it. He said, Mr. Chairman, I think the record should show that for the first time since McKinley, we have a Republican president worth shooting. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.